Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. Are you a shed manufacturer or shed dealer with inventory? Do you want to be more visible online? How are your sheds for sale being seen online? Did you know the word sheds for sale is trending as a top search phrase on Google and listing your sheds for sale on a site named shedsforsale.com only makes sense? Ask yourself, how would you search for a shed for sale without searching sheds for sale? Let shedsforsale.com and the industry's strength in numbers drive traffic to your sales lots or brand. Check us out online. You guessed it at shedsforsale.com to learn more. Your customers will meet you there. Welcome back to the shedsforsale.com studios with our special guest here today. Sir, do you want to introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Oh, <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, my name is Chasen. <coughs> Kaufman from Montana. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. <laughs> this is so good. Hey, uh-huh. hey, Jason, how are you, sir? Oh, very good. Oh, so uh, how was your? How was your? Did you fly in, Jason? What? Uh, how did you make it here? I heard you're in a bag today. or something, luggage. Yeah. Oh, I had to drive here with with Jason, that that Kaufman jerk from from Montana. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. we know him. That guy's stingy. He wouldn't buy me a ticket. Really? Oh, yeah. He stuck me in a plastic bag and made me ride in the luggage. Oh, that guy's stingier and I'll get out. Oh, God, I love this. So, Bro, uh, when, when you travel with that guy, he's on a diet most of the time. Yeah. Oh, I just get the leftovers. This is so what do you think about being here at the uh, the expo, Jason? The expo? You, do you the know where explosion. you are? Yeah, do you know? The explosion. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I, where, where are they going to blow the shed up? <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't seen no explosions yet. I hear bangs here behind me, but. Yeah, that's the countdown. Uh, oh. We'll hear. <laughs> I got a feeling we're going to hear another one soon. Ooh. So we're actually the shed Greeks then, Jason. Like, oh, you're officially I, meeting us. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to meet you guys forever. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You guys actually speak English pretty good. We do, yeah. Hey, is, uh, did you go to school to learn that or what? Uh, yeah, well, you know, we just... Uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, God, we I did. We went to school. How'd you guess? <laughs> <laughs> well, your English is pretty good. It's almost as good as mine. It is good. It is really, really good. So, so you got to tell me, you know, how was working with Jason? Like, is it... Is he a slave driver? What's what's going on? Pretty there? much. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's a total slave driver. I mean, whenever he wants something done and he don't feel like doing it, bro, he just puts me up to it. <laughs> and he pays like nothing. So, okay, so uh, what are you going to do about it? Are you, are you going to start building sheds? Are you going to become Jason's competition? Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Jason. I didn't really think of that. Jason. <laughs> you should oh, yeah. Uh, do you think that would work? I don't think people would buy from a guy that looks like this. I, I think would they would. Totally buy no. from people buy from people they like. Right? And then no one likes Jason. Like they like <laughs> well, Jason. That's true. <laughs> so we're on <laughs> <to> something here. <laughs> yeah. You could grow your business. <laughs> like the beard. To grow the yes. business in the beard. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's gosh. awesome. 
<laughs> so, so Jason, tell us, uh, is there anybody here that you recognize? Anybody that you know from the uh, explosion? I don't know. Look, look, look to your left now. Look at this beard coming by. Look at that beard. That's Ooh, a nice beard. Look at the beard. Look at the beard <laughs> on that guy. <laughs> that guy's got a beard like me. <laughs> Bro, you're rocking it. That's a good old Matthew Black over there. Oh, Matt Black. Yeah, we're going to have to get Matt on the show here in a little bit. So, uh, no, nobody else you recognize. Do you? There's some guys over here at this Shed Hauler Brotherhood. Do any of those guys oh, look familiar? Oh, shifty-looking guys over there? Yeah. yeah. Well, bit. I was looking for Sam Bassett, but he ain't around. <laughs> where, so where he's, like, he go? he's like running all over the place all the time. He's in high demand. I yeah, he's Sam a Bassett. cool guy. He's, yeah. a, he's okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I like you a lot more, actually. So. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're a lot cooler than Sam. <laughs> Oh, my God. oh, I absolutely love this. I, this I'm almost not even sure where to go. This is my favorite <laughs> podcast ever so far. This is Ooh. great. And, and for people that don't really know, we're at the Shed Builder Expo, and we had we had a line of people just standing around. Oh, just, was that was that a countdown? Was that the explosion? That's the countdown. Is anything flying around? <laughs> Are we protected here? I think so. I'm, I'm a little good. worried. I got my back turned to it. You guys stuck me on the wrong side of the table. <laughs> Uh, what What's the Hamish ones? Uh, it's <laughs> oh, oh again? Shaney Ch- Bay. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going any further. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all we're saying. I learned one more. No, nope, we're one not more. saying it. We're not saying it. What's so. the Hamish ones? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we can't say. Oh, no. Not, we'll tell you off air, Jason. Okay. Well, we can't tell you off. I'll wait. So, uh, what what's your plans for the week here, Jason? What are you going to do? Uh, wh- I mean, there's no explosion yet, so... What are those bangs about? Uh, well, I, I don't know. That's uh, loud. I think I think that was actually Jason walking over here. Ooh. He's, you you got to warn me if he comes behind me. I, I will. Because he don't like me talking for him. <laughs> I will. The we'll guy's really... Get, oh, he gets really jealous when I get attention. <laughs> Well, what do you do that steals his attention? I, I saw you at the show, or at the uh, bash, the yeah, in Pennsylvania. Ah, I think it's the beard. You think it's the he's beard? He's trying to grow one, he but he's got that. nothing yeah. on me. No. Like, <laughs> I mean, his beard's pitiful. Do you think he has a complex? He's trying to become Chasen? I don't know. I mean, Chasen. working for the guy, like, like, like he just, he just, yeah. Man, he's hard to understand. How, how far he do you guys like go back? How, how far, how long have you known Jason? Well, uh, see, Jason always hated meals, and he was poking fun at the guys, the delivery drivers that were using meals. And he's like, oh, you don't need no stinking meal. I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> well, the guy got tired of pickup trucks blowing up. Yeah. So he bought a semi-truck. Well, when you buy a semi truck, you yeah. can't haul sheds in the backyard. You, you can't back that back that up in there, can oh, you? That's right. So he had to go get himself a mule. What a guy been talking crap on mules for years. And all of a sudden he's buying a mule. And so he hired me to drive the thing. Because he didn't want to be caught dead on it. He still don't wanna. <laughs> Bro, if somebody caught a picture of him, you'd probably get a lot of money with it. So are you on the are you on the mule full time then? Oh, yeah, awesome. pretty much. That's great. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, here it comes. Closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> it's getting better out <laughs> that here. That one was getting closer for sure. So we're, I want to do something here. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you usually do the woo. Maybe you need to give a. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't. Woo. Oh, 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 
It's terrible. Everyone looking at us right now yeah. is like, what is wrong? We with lost. Them? We lost. So everyone. maybe we can get Jason to do a woo. Yeah, can can we get a woo, Jason? Like like just like a woo woo. <laughs> It's yeah, better good. than mine. Yeah, yours was terrible. It's <laughs> oh, pretty good. I, I think. Love it. I think people that are looking at us right now are like, we've lost all credibility in the shed industry. That's okay though. So, oh, well, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of response do you get, Jason? Whenever you usually uh, show up at, at these shed events, how do you? How oh, do you I've never been here before. This is your first one. This is your first. Yeah, one. Really? I was at the bash, and Jason just let me get up for like five minutes. That's it. I get to talk to nobody. Oh, we got to show you around. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I was in Texas last year at the barbecue, and there I got to talk to folks. Did you? Oh, oh, yeah! I got to count the votes for the judging. That was pretty fun, and and I got to drive the, the Brotherhood truck uh-huh. into parade. Oh, I clean forgot about that. Oh, that was fun. And so, then uh, uh, somebody was riding with me, and they were doing a Facebook live or something. So I don't know. I mean, what, did did anybody watch that? I don't know. Yeah, so you're you're pretty well known at this point. Then I, yeah. I, I didn't realize you were you were so notorious. So you're a, you're a shed liberty. Ooh, is what I you am? are. You, you are. are. Yeah. Wow. You, you didn't know it. I, well, do you, do you I, want to I, sign an autograph for me? <laughs> I well, I, do, do you want to sign one for me? Yeah, we want oh, your autograph. Oh, oh, you're saying me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't. We, know we I don't want do Jasons. We want Jasons. Ooh. Well, do you have a beard that needs signed? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I, I don't, compared to yours, I don't know if I can call Ooh. mine a beard anymore. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough a surface area on there to write anything. <laughs> These aren't beards. These are. I could um, sign your head. Well, that, that's true. Because that it's bald. bald. <laughs> so, thanks for bringing that up, Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah. I ain't bald at all, man. No, you got hey, hair everywhere, man. I got all we, kinds of stuff we, up there. We don't have those locks like you have. <laughs> 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 We might need to bring in Jason Kaufman now because I can't take it anymore. I, I think he's. I think he's. He's on his way. He's on his way I over. So. Jason. Well. Jason. Is there anything you want to say to listeners before you before you exit the show? Uh, I just thanks all you guys for uh, your support and uh, uh, yeah, it's great to be here and see all the guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you Greek guys. You're pretty cool for Greeks. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're, you're pretty awesome too, sir. That's great. Thanks, Jason Kaufman. 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 What a what an amazing time we just had with Jason. So, yeah. On a on a side note, this is uh, all jokes aside. This is work, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I think we've made it. We're working right now. I think this we've is made fun. it to the. T- oh, look who just showed up. Hey, it's Check our buddy Jason out. Kaufman. Jason. How are you, buddy? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys? <laughs> when, this is great. When did you get here? Um, I don't know. I, I came in last night around 10, 10 o'clock or so. We landed in Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. I hear that you're, um, you're, you're, you're staying with Sam. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he didn't snore too bad last night. Didn't actually keep me awake. So me and Shannon are in the same room, too. And uh, we had to go buy a, a fan because we're both snoring so loud. <laughs> it was like it was a awful. competition like oh, my we, that we both lost. It was horrible the first night. <laughs> yeah. Every time I woke up, I'm like, gosh, he's snoring. And he said every, he couldn't sleep for three hours because I kept him up snoring. So. I was concerned legitimately for his health at one moment because I was hearing the occasional 
the occasional snore, and then it got real quiet, and I was like, oh, he fell asleep. Then all of a sudden, I heard this blood curdling. It's like, that's not a woo. What's he doing? Uh, that was me not breathing. So I need my good old CPAP machine, I guess. I don't know. But so, uh, Jason Kaufman, we finally landed you on the Shed yeah, Geek man. podcast. It's uh, also known as the Shed Greek podcast. Oh, cool. Did cool. you know that? Yeah. 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 Nice, so. nice. I, I guess I could see how somebody could screw that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, are, are, do we only get to see you during, like, big live events at the, for the Shed industry? Because <laughs> we were supposed to do a, uh, a podcast with you and Sam at the Bash. Yeah. And it just got so late that we, we were like, nah, we can't. Like, these guys are going to be here till 2 in the morning. <laughs> we got to get out of here at some point. So. You guys are in such high demand. Yeah. Like, I remember telling Kyle, like, all I heard was it sounded like little birds chirping, but the only thing coming out was, Sam, Jason, Sam, Sam, Jason, <laughs> Sam. Like, you guys are, man, the haulers are, they, they kill it. They get together mm-hmm. and, like, 10 guys knock out something that we would talk about for a good two hours. Uh, they just get it done. You go, you go way back with sort of this idea of the shed hauler brotherhood. Um, if I understand right now, I'm, I'm getting my information from Sam. So, uh, correct anything that I'm saying wrong, but tell me, tell me sort of about like the origins of that and, and what your thought was. I mean, Sam gets the credit for the brotherhood. Um, I, I can't really claim any credit for that. Um, I started the bash. I, 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 had this idea of just a, a national event. I heard of a couple guys that, you know, a shop that put on some competitions and a nice barbecue for their drivers in-house. And I was intrigued because I thought we could do that on a national level. And if we could get national sponsors, we could get people from all over the U.S. And so I kind of jumped into the deep end, and we had one in Montana in 2018. And Sam and I had, Sam and I had actually never met before that time. We really? were online friends. We talk a lot, and we had a lot in common. And Sam kind of hopped on board with me and just took it to the next level. But the Brotherhood was, is definitely more Sam's brainchild than mine. Uh, he, gets, he gets all the credit for that. He and I know he's had a bunch of people that he would credit as well helping him, but the bash has been more where I kind of came into it. Gotcha. It's, it's interesting you say, you know, we hadn't met, but we knew each other. Um, you think that's a good example of, like, the maturity of the industry we, we say the same thing. Um, I'm, I'm now, I was friends for a, a while yet with my boss now, my current boss. And I'm like, we've never met. And actually, we live pretty close by. But uh, is that a little bit about what these events and things like the Bash help bring together? Is that, uh, man, it was like magic at the, uh, at the PA uh, uh, Holler Bash. Like everybody saying, oh, I never got a chance to meet you. Or it's just good to put a face with the name. You feel like that builds a lot of camaraderie for our industry? I think I was talking to a Mott's Weaver on the way over here this morning, and I said, We're sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other subject. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? That walk was very punny. <laughs> well, um, I said, You guys are success. It's, it's like, and, and uh, uh, companies like sheds4sale.com or, or people that are. There's times when a certain idea suddenly just takes off, and that yeah. same idea 10 years earlier would have fallen flat. Yeah. And I think a lot of what we're seeing is it was the perfect time. The Shed Haulers Bash came on the scene at the perfect time. 
and it, it united a nation uh, full of shed haulers that have very little connected before that. The Facebook page, I think, started it. Yeah. And, and the Facebook page out of that was born the bash, the brotherhood, and things like that. So, you know, it, it, it's not like it was such a spectacular idea that's never been thought of before, but it was the right time for it. Yeah. Uh, and you guys, listening to you guys on the success of your podcast is a perfect example. It was the perfect time for it. A podcast 10 years ago probably would have fallen flat. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this was the time for it. And watching that happen with the bash, even watching like something like the expo like this, this is my first time at an expo, but I know this is growing yeah. uh, um, quite a bit. Yeah. Every year. We're, we're blessed to, to we, we say all the time, we're blessed to have hit it at the right time. Uh, and we, we recognize that. Um, I mean, there's other, like, just things that I know just because they're close to home. I mean, Rampage Doors. We yep. were talking about, like, the Rampage Doors. Like, how on earth has that not been done? And these mm-hmm. guys, you know, they thought of it. They did it. They put it into motion. And honestly, I don't think I would own a shed uh, without owning a rampage door on it now at this mm-hmm. point because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to want to open those double doors. I mean, mm-hmm. see that thing fold out and, and we had a chance to see it in the, in the shop before it got here. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about all these other ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we start, it, all, all it does is creates the, you know, that, that innovative, innovative, like uh, bubble inside of you where you're like, what else is left to come? Mm-hmm. We say all the time, like we were selling, but there's more opportunity in the shed industry and we are so psyched and looking forward to the next thing whenever it keeps coming out because we're, we're Shed Geeks, yep. right? So the, the uh, Pennsylvania bash was our first bash. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have no idea how blown away I was with everything about it. Like, it, you, you guys did awesome. Like, I mean, I think that needs to be Thank said, you. like, a thousand times. You guys did. You made, like, an event that I thought would be kind of – yeah, it'll be fun. We'll hang out with the guys. You know what I mean? It'll be, it'll be, because I've been to a barbecue. So you know, not that barbecues, but it's just you know, you hang out, you eat, you you do some competitions. I thought, you know, hey, that'd be, that'd be fun, dude. You guys blew it away. Like you guys did amazing. So, well, and I would say, I mean, I, much as Sam and I can take a lot of credit for it, there was there was such an unbelievable amount of people that stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And Sam and I tried to give shout-outs afterwards. It's impossible to acknowledge everyone that did. But what I saw was there was a whole, and haulers do this. It's what they're good at is helping each other out. But oh, yeah. there was a whole, you know, dozens and dozens of people that stepped up to the plate Friday night, Saturday night. I mean, it was 10, 11 o'clock Saturday night. And there were guys volunteers out in the parking lot picking up trash making sure that parking lot was spotless and I got back the next morning before church started because we were renting that church parking lot and it was spotless I didn't find any trash there and the the church came back and said anytime you want to come back you can come back which was what I wanted and I I was desperately hoping for that and to get that back from them was a huge confirmation that first of all the volunteers that stepped up and just did it for everyone they deserve a lot more credit than they ever got oh yeah well, you guys, like, we, we kind of said before, the haulers are literally driving the industry forward. Almost, in, in our opinion, um, sort of took the lead on that rising tide lifts all boats type mentality where you start working together to help each other. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, the dominoes fall and everybody's like, oh, we don't have to uh, be at each other's throats or, or, you know, be angry with each other or whatever it is. I mean, the Lord mm-hmm. says, don't, don't go to bed in your anger, right? So, mm-hmm. But the, 
the reality is like I feel like we've seen much more of the industry start to feel more included. I think events like this are a tremendous testimony to that. Oh, I wish we had wish we had our earlier friend on. He would be excited about that right now. <laughs> Another <laughs> explosion, huh? Yeah, something crazy. Uh, so, yeah, we we were impressed by the. I think it was two miles long. Was the was the light parade at least that was going around? Yeah, there uh, in, in PA. Um, I think we some some guys were trying to figure it out. They were like, "What what do you figure is here? Like forty million dollars worth of equipment, you know, fifty million dollars worth of equipment to make this." These are guys taken off of work. I mean, but everyone pitches in and says, "What's what's my job?" And if it's like, "Let's clean up the parking lot," they go do it. They don't complain. Yeah. I mean, I was I, I I did a Facebook live and I was like, to be honest with you, if you're not in the shed industry, like, and if you're in the shed industry, you're not here. Like, you're missing out. But if you're a shed hauler, this is your job and you're not here, you're really missing out yeah. <laughs> big time. I think it excited Sam and I both to see, you know, Montana was small. We had a 100 people, 120 people there. Tennessee turns around and we have five, 600 people there. Uh, Pennsylvania really defined it yep. because, you know, we were pushing over the two days, we were pushing over 2,000 people that came and went. Wow. Uh, Man, that's I had phenomenal. No idea. That's phenomenal. We had a thousand people there at almost any given time from Friday afternoon till Saturday evening. Yeah. Yeah, and you had good weather. That was helpful. Yeah. That was awesome. That started that started was out a, a little rough. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friday was a little cold. Yeah, a little, little rough, and then all of a sudden it opened up and. Um, so a lot of people might not know, like they might think that you're you're just a hauler. I don't mean it just a hauler, but <laughs> you know that you, you, you haul. We know sheds what you mean. Go ahead, put, put, keep putting our guests down. Just a hauler, are you? We'll, we'll uh, never make it. To I'm going to get that bumper sticker. <laughs> Just a hauler. Um, but some people don't know that you actually manufacture buildings, correct? I mean, yes. you, you own your own business. You, yeah. you you build, you haul, you sell, you do you do everything. So so I've actually been in the industry since 1990. Um, in 1990, really? my dad started building sheds. He kind of pulled up roots, moved out of a different state, and uh, started building the sheds, something he'd never done before. He'd what done part of the country was that in? That was uh, we moved from Pennsylvania to upstate New York, and um, we started building sheds. I was still going to school. I was a little kid. I'd ride around with my dad in the delivery rig. I was taking the signs and flags off, you know, doing the helper stuff, carrying yeah. blocks, and it it kind of got in my blood. I mean, that's what I did all the way up until um, in 2009. I moved to Montana. And at the time, I was a little burned out with sheds. Uh, I felt like I'd, I'd given it my best shot, and the East Coast was very, very cutthroat competitive at the time. Yep. Yeah. And the business model that we had at the time of, you know, a shop with a bunch of dealers that were buying from us some consignment, we were struggling with that business model. And uh, I moved to Montana thinking, I think I'm done with sheds. Um, I built some custom homes, did a little heavy haul trucking, but sheds just kept coming back, and I had an opportunity to start hauling as an independent contractor. Got back into it and um, started building, and, and I, I really set my business model up on a, on a completely different basis. So I didn't want to be one of the big companies in a smaller version. Uh, my, my idea was to be something that the big companies are unwilling or unable to do. And then that services a, a, a niche market of customers that are looking for a different buying experience, a different 
product for whatever reasons it may be. And there's room for everyone at the table, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a lot of competitors in my area from anywhere from, you know, big regional companies to large national companies. And we're all busy. I talk to the other drivers all the time. So we have uh, a small family business. I've got uh, about six employees at work, including sales and, and working in my shop. And uh, that's what we do. We build that's a couple awesome. hundred buildings a year, and we're slammed busy. I mean, I've never been so busy in, in all my years. We've never been booked out this far. Hey, stop what you're doing and take a listen to today's High Barn sponsor. You know, Kyle, I was driving home yesterday. I was thinking about a guy whose shed business is growing, and something struck me. <laughs> I bet it was one of them haulers in the left line. <laughs> Luckily, no. But this guy said he's happy his business is growing. It just gets more complicated as it does. I mean, the more work you have, the more can go wrong, right? Right. Yeah, he's got to find time to handle more dealers. He's got to change orders, more manufacturing and delivery, track more inventory, manage accounting, control overhead costs. So he's got the Shed app, right? The Shed app? Yeah, the Shed app. It's a complete system specifically designed for Shed businesses that can accurately take and manage custom orders, track manufacturing and inventory status, even adjust prices. And when you do, everything updates with the click of a button. Once the data is in the app, it never gets handled again, eliminating costly mistakes and miscommunication. It's called the Shed app? Right, the Shed app. So it's everything you need to manage and expand your Shed business. And satisfy customers. Woo! The Shed app. That's That's Shed shed Stuff Simplified. Montana. How's Montana? It's God's country. Is it? It is. I gotta get out to Montana. You do. Yeah. Yeah, I... You always think about the majority of the shed industry sort of being like that Midwest to the east side. You don't you don't really think of well, at least I haven't. Uh, I mean, I've done just a, a handful of uh, trips or whatever out, out west, and I, I just don't you don't see the sheds lined up like you do here. But there's a genuine market in Wyoming and Montana right now, from what we can tell, that's that's growing pretty tremendously and. I suppose you're part of that, huh? It's interesting to watch it because when I was a kid, the shed industry was, was exploding in the east. Yep. And and shops were expanding. And I remember hearing of a shop that builds a 1,000 sheds a year was, was just unbelievable. I'm watching that happen in the west now. Um, I know there were people, and there, there are builders that are probably going to contact you after the show and say, hey, we've been out here forever. But the shed industry that I have seen, uh, I would say, you know, in, in, the, in the Plains and Rockies and West is not much over about 10 years where you've seen it in a big way. Uh, there have obviously been shed builders in smaller locations. But what we're seeing now is a lot of big national companies moving in and the concept of a back shed, a, a, a shed in your backyard, is a new concept in my area. Yeah, uh, that's what they people have garages for. Well, years ago, other regions discovered I can't park my car in my garage because my lawnmower's in there, everything yeah. else is in there. Yeah. So I need a backyard shed. Well, I'm seeing that pick up in the West, and and now it's you know our our area is explosively growing. Where I live, my the two counties that I service with my business have. The population has grown by over 30% in the last two years, Wow, which is phenomenal. I would love to get some some uh, accuracy and some numbers on this. Somebody told me at one point, I don't know if it was an article, I don't want to lay claim to where 
I heard it or the authenticity of it. Uh, but someone said, like, like portable storage, backyard storage, um, is around a $2 billion a year industry, whereas self-storage, storage unit type storage, is a $20 billion a year. Say that again. Industry, a $20 billion oh. a year industry. <laughs> Good emphasis right there. Um, I just can't help but think that, like, there's tons of opportunity for someone who wants to be able to have ownership of their of their belongings right there in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sky's the limit in terms of like when we always hear about the bubble. Where's the bubble? Uh, I, I think, think I think they're trying to pop the bubble over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not popping. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting to see. You've been in it since 1990. You you if you listen to the podcast, you you heard um, uh, Gideon Zooks you know, interview, and he's like, you know, in 1974 or 76, you know, there was three, uh, you know, around him in Lancaster, and they said, oh, you're going to saturate the market. I mean, they hadn't even begun to infiltrate the market at that point. Um, What are your thoughts? You've been in it since 1990. Where do you think it's going? Where do you think the next thing is, is coming in the shed industry? Do you think there's a bubble? Do you think it's oversaturation? Um... Do you think you'll start to see companies, smaller companies, sort of eat up by uh, larger companies or a national brand type model? Uh, we'll put you right on the spot, won't we? <laughs> what are your thoughts? We're going to record I, I them and like, send them out to everyone. I feel oh, like you were thinking so hard that steam was coming out of your ears trying to figure out, okay, where, am I uh, go where do I one? start with this? That's huge. That's a huge maybe, question. Maybe he just stopped listening to you halfway through and he was like, oh, crap. What do you say? <laughs> You know, uh, I don't know that I can give you a, 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 even an educated answer on that. I think the, the conventional wisdom would say, ah, the bubble's going to pop. There's going to be a bubble. But people have been saying that years. my entire lifetime. Yeah. yeah. For 30 years since I've been in the industry and even before that, oh, there's only so many people who to buy buildings. When I started in my little town, in my little town... You know, six, seven years ago, eight years ago, the population was a thousand people. There's not a red light within 60 miles of my shop. There's no traffic lights. There's not a Walmart for 70 nice. miles. <laughs> I, oh, I love living. That's why it's God's country. <laughs> but when I started building buildings uh, and, and displaying them, I, I displayed them through my local lumber yard and I told him, I said, hey, this is a side venture right now. I'm busy with my hauling. I said, I'd like to sell 15 buildings this year. And he told me the next year, he said, I thought you were crazy. I sold 45 buildings in the next couple of months. Oh, wow. And I quit hauling as an independent contractor for, as a subcontractor and just went full-time into building and hauling my own. And I can't tell you the amount of people in my community that watched me start and grow said, we'd never imagine you'd sell that many buildings. But it, it, there's a huge market. And, yeah. and it keeps growing. And as long as the population keeps growing, as long as people keep buying stuff and needing to store it, um, look at how many people have side-by-sides. I mean, we got this golf cart right next to us. Yep. How many people have side-by-sides that wouldn't have dreamed of a side-by-side 10 years ago? It, yeah. it, was, it was barely on anyone's radar. The only thing you saw in the market was a, a gator for a farmer or a rancher. Yep. Now it's like it, everybody's got to have their side-by-sides. Yep. Well, that side-by-side's got to be parked somewhere. 
it's got to be kept somewhere. People have got their four-wheelers. They've got their motorcycles. They've got their lawnmowers. And, yeah, you can park that in the garage, but you want to park your car in your garage. Now you're, and and you, if you've got, in my area, we, we have a lot of high-end clientele. We have a lot of gated communities, extremely wealthy homes, you know, average selling price of a home of three or $400,000. And some of these places, you can't park your car out in the street. Um, you've got to park it in the garage. You can only have one car in your driveway at a time, the rest of being your garage. So they've got to do something. And renting a mini storage unit across town or having a shed in their backyard yeah. is their choices. That's also where you ask me what's going to happen. Are the big companies going to be swallowed up by the small? Are the small companies going to be swallowed up by the big companies? I'm a small company, so I'm, I'm partial to them. But I don't think. I think the big companies will force the small companies to streamline, but the small companies are going to keep the big companies honest. Um, that's kind of how I see it play out. Yeah. Um, we can provide things that the big companies are unable to or unwilling to. So when we build a home or, or a, a shed for a small, rich development, and they've got a homeowner's association, they have to have a perfect match on their shingles and a perfect siding match and a perfect color match. Go to your dealer that's dealing for a national company, and they say, no, can do. You know, yeah. we can give you an unfinished shed if you want to finish it yourself. Well, a small guy like me says, absolutely, give me the paint code. We'll go to the store and get the paint perfectly matched to your house. We'll get the same shingles on your house as, as you have. And so we're able to appeal to that group. So I think there's room for everybody. There's room for the guys that are out there for bargain hunters, and they're going to be able to go to a national brand and say, you got the cheapest shed that's still reasonably well built. And then you got the people that say, look, I have to have exactly this shed. The pitch on my roof has to match my house roof. I, I can't have a, a 412 pitch on my shed. My house roof has an 812. I need an 812. Yeah. So we're there to step in there and fill in there. We ask, uh, as we go around, we... we probably have talked about this before but we always ask if you're in the manufacturing side of the industry what do you do that's different and is it important to do anything different to set yourself apart from the the customer who's driving down the road and just sees a shed how do i know that i'm buying that from jason kaufman who's going to give me this amazing experience as a as a purchaser um what, what's your answer to that, and is that important? So you're saying catch the guy that's driving by or catch the guy that comes and stops? Either, in both. I mean, the, the, the drive-by, you want an attractive display. You want something that's not going to be a bunch of sheds dumped into a wheat field with grass growing up around it. So having a neat display, having your buildings lined up nicely, those things are, mean a lot to me, and yeah. I think that's what will catch people's attention from the street. It's inviting you, you don't necessarily see the difference in quality until you get up closer. You know, mm-hmm. a shed from 500 feet looks like a shed from 500 mm-hmm. feet for the most part. Yep. So what we try to do as a small company to set ourselves apart is be the best quality. Uh, try to do things that, that go above and beyond. And, and that's where I like being the small company. I'm not trying to always figure out how to cut costs because if I save $10 on a building, I've saved $10,000 a year now because I'm making 1000 dollars a year. $10 a building on me right now is, you know, $2,000 at the end of the year. That's not that much to deal with. I look at it rather than say, can I spend $10 extra on this building and make it a smidge better than someone else? So when the customer comes in and says, oh, wow, you do double stud your corners. You do put wood frame around your vents. Yep. You do use three-quarter plywood on your floors. 
you use all plywood. Those are things that appeal to a customer that's looking for a high-end quality building. So service, and I was talking to one of the other guys here a little bit ago, we try to tell, because I'm a local company, if you have a warranty claim on my building, me or one of my reps will be at your property in 48 hours to address your warranty concern. That's awesome. I, that's something I can do. That's something a national company can't do. Yeah. No. And so those are things that I try to set myself apart as to say, hey. And I think that's why there's always room there. I don't think that somebody says, oh, well, there's two or three big national brand companies already selling in my town. There's no way we could sell more sheds. I think you could. Don't be them on a smaller version. Be who they can't be. Yep. And then you will attract the clientele that, that, you are, that you are working for. I've tried to take the adversity and the objections that I get and, and find a way to always flip those on their head, right? Um, we recently had a lumber increase in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of sales guys that you would meet would say, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing this huge price increase. And a lot of that's getting passed on or all to the customer. Uh, that makes it harder to sell. We're not able to sell. Um, I had a dealer tell me it was, it was his advice. I didn't come to this conclusion on my own, but I thought it was really, really wise. He says, uh, you don't think the price increase hit the next lot? I mean, the average customer who comes in might know that a 10 by 20 was, I don't know, X amount of dollars, $4,000, $5,000 last year. And and they're surprised that it's now six or seven, but they're they're going to go to the next dealer and they're going to find the same story. Um, business model stayed the same, just moved up a notch in terms of price. Nothing else changed. They're not, most of them don't know the average price of a shed, but if they go and shop a few different people, they do find that pretty much every, it's different if you're still at five and the next guy had to raise to 75. Mm-hmm. Now they're like, oh, same shed, way, way different in price. So the market kind of corrects itself mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so when we hear those objections, mm-hmm. we just say, no, there's a way around them. Yeah, That's what you have to do in sales. Uh, I mean, there's a new way to help somebody. And we always say that people buy from who they like. Oh, yeah. So, like. I wish people liked me more. Yeah, that's why <laughs> Shannon can never sell anything. <laughs> Nobody likes them. <laughs> But I'm working on it. I I actually just became friends with a fella named uh, Chasen. Oh, I met see, him that's here. That's a problem. Yeah, I think he's going to help me out a bunch. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. I would listen to that dude. Yeah, seemed like a really smart guy. Big big beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I think that uh, one of the best pieces of business advice I ever got, and that was shortly after I, right after I started selling there in Montana, um, I just quit hauling as an independent. My independent had been paying all my bills and I was just letting my business grow. I'd literally quit and within a month of quitting as an independent hauler and and kind of putting all my eggs in my own basket, um, a competitor moved in a half mile from my lot. I I hadn't had any competition within 60 miles before that. And Mel Weaver, which I don't know if you guys met him, right? he's yeah. my cousin. Yeah, Mel I called him up. South Carolina. Wait a minute, yeah. you're related to the Weavers? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Oh, man. He says unfortunately. I promise, I don't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but yeah. I promise whenever you were talking earlier, I, I almost said, you sound like one of them Weaver boys. That's funny. <laughs> we we did meet little... Mel. I, well, oh, yeah. I, I met him down in South Carolina. Yeah, very. Yeah. I tried to get him on. I was like, come on, Mel. Let's hear your story, buddy. 
Go ahead. You know what? He, he, he would be fun, but I would be surprised if you ever get it. Yeah. So shout out, Mel, man up and get on here. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Best piece of yeah. advice. You know, and, and, and I, I think I was talking to one of you earlier uh, before the show, and I said, I'm not that smart a business guy, and I will freely say that. I know what I'm good at. I'm good at selling stuff, but I'm not a business smart guy. So I have a couple people that I go to for advice, and Mel is one of them. I have a question about something like, well, what would you do if you were in my situation? And Mel yeah. will be one of those guys I'll call up and say, what do you think? When I had the competitor move in, I called him up, and I'm like, man, he's cheaper than I am. What, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to lower my prices. And he, he, like, shouted at me. He said, don't you dare lower your prices. I said, why? I ain't going to sell anything. Why would they buy from me? He said, do you build a better building? And I said, yeah. Well, sell on that. He said, sell your quality. Don't ever get in a price war. I would say, hands down, it was the best advice I ever got. Really? On, on, on just looking at how to price your building, how to sell your building. If, if your price is higher than the other one and you can justify it, you can sell it. Yeah. If you're building a different building than someone else, then sell what you are selling. If I'm selling quality and service, it only goes up. Like selling on price is a race to the bottom, right? Correct. Yep. I mean, just saying what I've learned, it's a because if you sell it cheaper, who's to say the next guy can't come out cheaper? And then it becomes a race to the bottom. Correct. But with quality, uh, a focus on quality, it becomes a race upward now because Correct. now it's who can provide the best building and who can be the most innovative and uh, you can sell on that you yeah. can't sell the other way correct yeah, and i think that was one of the things that i saw in the uh would have been the late 90s early 2000s was and that was when i was still working in, in upstate new york th- there seemed to be a race to the bottom everyone was cutting their prices trying to undercut someone else and you know it, it hurts it hurts everybody and eventually, you're making so little profit on your building that when you have a year that you have a 10% reduction in sales, you're done. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you had 2,000 buildings a year you're producing and 60 dealers out there selling for you. When you had a 10% reduction, you lost your business. It's because it was a race to the bottom. And don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Do you, do you think that's the... Do you think that's like a, a trouble spot for a new salesperson? You know, if if you've sold before, you sort of maybe get over the price um, bubble or whatever you want to call it. But the so what we talked about doing was uh, it's easy to get discouraged when you're new and you think that price is the only thing keeping you from selling, mm-hmm. and then you focus on the objection, you focus on the problem. Um, we've even talked about what just go ahead and share here with you. Like we're passionate about the sales process. We even heard. Um, while we were here, we heard at the NBSRA some heavy focus on uh, all the magic happens at the point of sale. You know, the, the, the shed seller who says to the hauler, we, yeah, they can get that in there. No problem with absolutely no. Our guys can do everything. No knowledge of whether or not they, they actually can. They're just closing the sale because you're, you're always closing, right? You're, you're trying to move toward that. Um, we talked about creating a, a forum of some type. And you might laugh at this, but we've even we've even talked about calling it like Shed Geek University, mm-hmm. where there's actually some uh, what we call Shed Education, where there's common things that we can put together that affect the industry as a whole, and not necessarily the competitive competitive advantage that you maintain, mm-hmm. but things that affect us all regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that can be explaining to that new shed salesperson, you're not going to win 
every sale. Yeah. I know it's heartbreaking, but the truth is you're not. Uh, uh, you're not going to close every deal. And someone else is going to sell something too. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get over that and you face it head on, um, you, you can actually be successful. Yeah, when, you're, when you're new to sales, especially when we were new to sales, like you'd have someone come in and they were, and here's, here's my competitor's price, and it was like you know $300 cheaper. It was like, here we go again. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think it's more of an objection inside the salesperson's mind than even in the customer's mind, because I still believe people buy from who they like. Oh, they do. And if you can get them and trust who they like and who they trust, correct. And if you can get them to like you and they get and they and they trust you, you can show the value. You know what I mean? And that extra three hundred bucks or that extra hundred and fifty dollars, and um, even if your building's the same, I mean, uh, there's, you know, customer service is a huge, <laughs> huge it thing. Is. Like I've had is. people reach out to me before, text me, call me, um, leave a message. And then I call them back and they're like, oh, thanks for calling me back. You know how many people I've called and I haven't gotten a, you know, return phone call. They addressed that yesterday too. Yeah. And it's almost like an industry thing. Why don't we return calls? And I wonder, is it an industry thing or kind of like they were saying, um, We've gotten to where these things right here, these phones, we can screen the calls. And it wasn't like being at home growing up like we, we were when the phone rang. You answered it. You took a message. But, you know, you took the message and someone called back. Now it's, oh, they'll leave a voicemail. Um, when did it become okay to not call someone back or to not answer the phone or to not follow up well? It's almost like it plagues us as individuals. Well, you don't want to be stuck on the phone all the time. I understand. They've also made life a little complicated for us because we are so available. That's right. Um, so how do you how do you balance that? But the main thing is, in this industry, call call your customer, call and follow up with your with with anyone who's reached out to you. You'll be amazed at what it'll do for you if you simply just return a phone call and preferably time in, in a timely manner. <laughs> I think, um, Kyle, you hit on it and said, if they like you and trust you, that's, in my opinion, that's 90% of it. If somebody comes to your lot and, and I taught you him that, just yourself, so you know. <laughs> yeah, he taught me that, yeah. <laughs> the guy that no one likes. <laughs> Listen, you got to get them to like you. Sell yourself first. Yeah. And, and I believe uh, one of the best ways to do that is actually believe in your product. Yep. The best salesmen are ones who have educated themselves, have looked at the product, and they say, the product I'm selling is what I would buy myself. It's what I would drive myself. It's what I would put in my own backyard. It's what I would wear. Those salesmen will sell the product. And if they can have the customer trust them and like them, the battle's almost all over at that point. Price is way down. If you look at list of importance in a customer, most customers, if they're honest, will put price way down there. Yeah. Customer yeah. service is usually right up there at one mm-hmm. of the top Absolutely. Ones. So returning a call, uh, that's something that I tried to do as well over the years, and now mostly my salesman does it. But I get my emails over the weekend. People are online. They're looking our Facebook page up. They're sending us a message. I will usually peruse them. And if there's something that, that looks like a hot lead, I'll even just say, hey, we're out for the weekend, but someone will get back to you on Monday. 
Yeah. Yep. And overwhelmingly, the response is, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting an answer till Monday. Thank you so much. I look forward to your reply. Yep. Yeah. Following up Monday, the fact is they've probably gone online, and they might have sent a message to three different dealers, three different manufacturers, say, hey, what's the price on this building? The fact that I responded within two hours of them putting that request in on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. And I'm not saying, hey, you got to work on a Sunday. But we do have the smartphones. And my yeah. phone dings. I look. I can see the subject. I can see it's an email from a potential customer. I can look at it. And if, uh, if, if it's something that looks like someone's definitely interested, just a quick 30-second reply, and I'm done till Monday, makes a big difference on, on catching that customer. Yeah. We, we say it all the time. I mean, even dealing with, like, lead times and different things. Some... Some people are afraid, you know, especially nowadays if your lead time's 10 to 12 weeks or whatever. Some people, next 16, year. 18 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 get you, we'll get you in 2022. Yeah. Um, just being honest and communicating with the customer is, is the best thing. I mean, because, um, man, like, I know because we went through it. It's hard to have that conversation, especially when you're, you're like, oh, this is going to be an obstacle, and I'm afraid – to like tell the customer the truth not that you're trying to lie to them but i want to get the sale and it's like uh, you want to avoid the issue as long yes, as you can then yes. finally when you have a sale you say ah it's going to be a little while yeah and then they then they're mad right yeah. like they get they get upset so if you can just be upfront and honest communication is the biggest thing in this industry that um sometimes there's a lack of and we need to we need to work on that for sure so oh, and 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 there's where you said about having them like you and trust you Yep. So the issue of trust, if you're honest with them right up front, um, I was talking to another manufacturer earlier today, and he said, you know, if someone calls me up and says, I want the, I, I, I'm comparing prices right now, you know, what's your price on a 10 by 12 low side barn? He said, I tell them right away, well, you know, we're probably not the manufacturer for you because we're, we're, we're more expensive. I've, I've been amazed at how many times people will come, and I can tell you right away they are bargain hunting, they're price hunting. Yep. And if you, I tell them right up front, no, we're, we're far from the cheapest. If, if the price is all that matters, there's a couple manufacturers I can point you toward. Go look at theirs. We don't build a cheap product. We build a high-end product. Yep. And, and I don't in any way try to insult them by saying that, but I just tell them that's who I am right up front. I'm going to be more expensive than most everyone else. And a shocking amount of times they will say, well, what is your price? And why is your price what it is? Now I've got a chance to sell my quality. I've yeah. got a chance to sell my customer service. I've got a chance to sell the fact that I'm a local family-owned business that buys my most of my lumber from my local lumber yard. And pe- a person that came and said, "Look, I'm going to buy the cheapest shed I'm going I can get," can be converted to say, "You know what? I can see the value in buying from this guy, even if he is a thousand dollars more than the guy down here at Home Depot." Yeah. yeah. That's that honesty saying, no, I'm not the cheapest guy. Now you've won some trust with them because you, they're expecting you to try to lie to you. You're a salesman, so you're, they're expecting you to try to rip them off, to throw a hidden fee in that they weren't expecting. When they know right up front, you're going to be up front with them on price, that trust is already starting to be built. Yeah. And some of them are going to walk away and say, I can't afford that. I, I don't need that premium shed. I can get by with the economy shed. And to those, I say, hey, good for you. More power to you. Yeah. So- good luck. That's that's hard for Shannon because he lies a lot. So for him to is that how he got me on the show? Yes. <laughs> oh, go ahead. He didn't even, I, I was go ahead. Elaborate, mug, please. He didn't even laugh. 
<laughs> I wanted line. to find out my problems. I thought we were in there. Oh, are we listing those? Hold on, I wrote those down earlier. Let's see. Oh, it's a big long list, as you can yeah, see. Yeah, it's a book. <laughs> I, I remember something. It's something that you said before I zoned out there. Um, you said, <laughs> he's hungry. See, that's his problem. I'm so hungry oh right God, now. Dude. I am starving. So well, let me get one of those guys in the booth there to go get food. Shout out to Brandon Suarez. He brought us chicken, but I ate it all, and Shannon didn't get any of it. This Ooh. is what happens from now on, guys. You got to know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> I ate all of it. <laughs> but thanks, Brandon. We appreciate you wherever you are. Um, you said something earlier, and I think I got lost in that in that thought. We always say celebrate the, the effort. It's something we read. Um, you can put in 40 hours worth of work, um, do the same things consistently day in and day out that you did the week before, sell three sheds, do it again, sell five sheds. Do it again, sell nine sheds. Do it again, sell two sheds. What I do wrong? That's instantly. That's the, like, you... you you're week to week, so you're, you're instantly, what did I do wrong? I'm doing wrong. I changed this. I did this different. No, if you're constantly putting in the same effort, it's going to yield different results from week to week. You don't worry about the results. You worry about the effort. You keep doing what got you the same success of 2, 11, 9. Those numbers are going to vary. Your effort's not. That's celebrate our, that's celebrate effort, not success. You can get lucky. Yeah, you're going to have a good week. And you know what? You start to know because you see the chirps on, like, Facebook. Everybody, uh, everybody like, nobody wants to be the one. Anybody else, uh, anybody else not doing too good? Because you have a guy come on, it's like, I'm killing it. What are you talking about? And it's like, <laughs> oh, what am I doing wrong? Most people will say, yeah, sales are down. Hey, sales up. What, what's going on? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, sales seem like they're, dr- oh, yeah, they're down in our area, too. I love that about the shed industry. It's not about... I don't know what you're talking about. I'm killing it over here. You know, <laughs> some guy might be, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's because he's uh, putting in more effort. So, what I think too is, is if you if you're working in sales or or any part of the industry, you got to look at the big picture too. Look at it overall and say, where am I compared to a year ago? Yeah, it, it's easy, especially when you're starting out and you're in your baby steps. It's easy to look at it and say. Oh shoot! I'm in July and I'm not. I, I I'm not making the sales I should have. And we're halfway through the year, and I don't know if I'm going to meet my goal. Um, look at it and say, what's the last 12 months been like? Yeah, uh, you, you got to take the whole thing. It's it's kind of like you can get focused on price. You can also get focused on what's my bank account doing right now. What are my sales figures the last 30 days? Don't worry about the last 30 days. Look at the last six months. Look at the yeah. last 12 months. Yeah. Are you on an upward trend? Are you succeeding overall? Yeah, Those are a lot better metrics to look at. Compare your data against yourself. Quit comparing it against others. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because they're having a bad month or a good month, it doesn't mean it affects you. What What did you do in August of last year? You know, we we concentrated on that big time. The reason I pick on August because that was our oh, worst terrible month, month for us. ever. I don't know why August was awful. We put something on. We were surprised. We put something on sheds uh, like our our Facebook page that we that we run. Uh, Wednesdays and rainy days were our best days. That was our best days. Wednesdays and rainy days. Rainy days because... Rainy Saturdays are the best. Rainy days because they would come in like when they got off work and, yeah. they, and they would buy. Wednesdays, I don't know why. We put that on there and everyone was like, Wednesdays, they stink. Yeah, Wednesdays, <laughs> right? are, Wednesdays <laughs> the worst day. It's Wednesdays like, really? the worst. And we're like, that's strange. We sold so many buildings on Wednesdays, Wednesdays and, and rainy, rainy days. days were so rainy days. days, the key is if someone comes to your lot on a rainy day, 
and they get out to look at a shed and it's raining outside. They're pretty serious. They're serious about <laughs> buying a shed. You better get your butt out there yeah. and go talk to them people and bring an umbrella. <laughs> because, yeah, if they're, if they're getting out of the car and it's raining, like, they need a shed. And usually it, it felt like everyone that told us that would come in, it's like, well, yeah, it started raining today and I saw all my stuff out in the yard getting wet again. And yeah. it's like I needed. I realized like, I needed a shed. I figured I better come look opportunity right there yep i mean whether you get the sale or not they're they're telling you well i remember the 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 rainy day thing really standing out to me back in the 90s when my dad was running the company and i was working for him every spring we would have an open house we'd have burgers and hot dogs on a grill and we'd open our shop up and we always wanted nice weather yeah well after a couple of years we discovered nice weather was a bad sign if we had beautiful weather, everyone <laughs> stayed at home and worked on their home projects. It was always yep. on a Saturday for us, so that's people's day off. We had people come in. We had people that you know were going to buy a building, and they came because we were offering a discount that day. But the first time we had a rainy day, I remember kind of being gloomy. We're like, "Oh man, it's crappy. It's crappy weather, and no one's going to show up." Everybody. We up. were flooded. I mean, we went through burgers and hot dogs and soda like you wouldn't yeah. believe, and we sold a record number of buildings. And my dad and I looked at each other at the end of the day, and we're like, everyone came here because they couldn't mow the grass like they were planning yep. to. They well, that's what go. they're supposed to do. Yeah, so they were like, hey, let's go get a shed. Yeah. They didn't want to sit inside with their wife all day. <laughs> <laughs> but not me, honey. I would love, yes, to, sit I would love to sit inside the house all day. I love you, Megan. <laughs> so... That's weird. Such a terrible thing. Why'd you get so weird? Yeah, I don't know. You, you guys, you guys are shoveling real hard right now. <laughs> my, so I feel like my my sugar is completely bottled out, and I'm balancing on this chair <laughs> at the moment. So we we need to we need to put everyone out of the misery yeah. at this point. But real quick before we do that, your your daughter is a fan of the podcast. Is that yes. correct? Yes. I'd like to. Get, what what's her name? Shana. Shana? Yes. I'd like to give her a shout out. Oh. Thanks, Shana, for like listening in. I don't know why you're listening to two guys <laughs> that, that talk like this, but thank you so much. All you're all you're hearing right now is like some guy whose stomach is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I think Just Shannon's about to pass microphone out. microphone a little higher because the growling is getting to me. I feel like I'm drooping. <laughs> Just, I'm so hungry, guys. I'm so hungry. Man, Jason, we appreciate it. How do people... If there's customers out there listening, they want to get a building, where do they go to find so you? Our website is k-buildings.com, and on Facebook, we're simply Kaufman Builders, and nice. we're in Eureka, Montana. Eureka. Yep. Where is Eureka? About as far west, northwest in Montana as you can get okay. without Is it up by Glacier? Canada. Oh, we're west of Glacier. West of Glacier. The mountains to the east of my shop, we're in the last valley that's in Montana. Okay. To the west of us is just Rockies for about 30 miles, and you hit Idaho. East of us is Glacier National Park. They have restaurants there? Oh. Restaurants that serve food? Believe me, believe me, Eureka is probably the foodiest place you've ever been. Eureka wa- has a population. I want to go there. It has a population of maybe 1,500 now since it's grown, and then the surrounding community. Within, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, 10 miles of my house, there are probably 50 eateries. I kid you not. With so that small it population, sounds like it's heaven. Like, oh, it, 
it, I don't know how many pizza shops, how many burger joints, and then specialties. I mean, Chinese. Am I a glutton? Uh, did, <laughs> I just, did I just come to I'm that just, conclusion? I'm just on wondering the, if, we go to Mon- if we go to Montana, if we can get a, a Kaufman steak that I see. That uh, are, I will. I will happily okay. grill yes. you guys up the finest ribeye awesome. I can make. This is what we do. We get people to come on, and then we have them cook us food for free. Feel sorry for us. <laughs> But like you, is, the is that why you plan you, it when he's this hungry? This is the plan. Yeah. You, you know they know better. They're like, you're not withering away. Look at the two of you. Yeah. You guys are fat. Shut up. <laughs> you guys could not eat for two months. Jason, no, seriously, it would be an honor for you guys to come to Montana. And and yep. you know what? If if you come to the uh, next Shed Haulers Bash, which is tentatively planned for, for uh, Utah, probably around the Salt Lake City area, yeah, uh, we're only about eight hours from there. Okay, so you know, bring your campers and your families, and then you make a tour up through Yellowstone and yes. Glacier Parks. How do you know when you live in the West? Is whenever you're like, it's only like eight hours, <laughs> <laughs> something like eight hours. Yeah, maybe ten, but not that bad, really. Yeah. So that's well, when you it, know it, you live out west, and that's till you get to the first Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you enter the state of Montana from the East Coast, when you enter Montana, till you get to my house, it's twelve hours. Is it really? Yeah. God. Wow, it's a long drive. It is. Man, Unless you gotta, you you gotta get a better a truck. <laughs> <laughs> I did it one time in shorter time, but I You're driving you know, a Ford, aren't you? It keeps breaking down on you. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh man. We appreciate it, Jason. Thank you for uh, coming on. It was hey, an honor. Thank appreciate you, everything you do for the haulers and yes. just the industry in large. Man, I'm so impressed by like the, the bash, really. That's that's legit on air, off air. We Thank we were we were amazed whenever we went back. And stayed that that night. We sent the Airbnb. We were like, and we "This is forever. ridiculous. This is amazing." Appreciate what you do, man, for sure. Thank yes. you, guys. Thanks, Jason. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. What would your dream rent to own program look like? Picture it now. Would it have cutting edge technology with integrations throughout the shed industry? Or would it include traditional financing and multiple same-as-cash offerings? Perhaps your ideal rent-to-own program puts money back in your pocket. Perhaps it has a unique way to onboard and train your dealer network. Wherever your mind goes and whatever your dream consists of, Newfound Rentals can help you. Give us a call today at 316-536-0472 and let's discuss your dream. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need. 